and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. We have Bathurst in the course, my very special guest, basically, Rascal Rabbit, Josh Martin. It's great to have you back on the show. Try fast and try not to crash. Hello and good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. And today we have a very, very special guest. It is Callum McIntyre. Good evening, Callum. Evening, Q. Thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's great to be here. Looking forward to it, yeah? Oh, it's fantastic to have you here as a guest. And of course, you've got lots of some very, people might not know um, your contributions of what you do with sim racing. So we've got some very exciting uh, announcements about, your, about what you do. So we're, I'll get straight into it and get these questions going. And of course, everybody in the chat, remember, you can ask questions um, and uh, you can put them in, in capitals and uh, we can get things going. This, if you put it in capitals, it's easier for me to read the comments so I can make sure that we get the questions for Callum. But the first question, as we always do for our, uh, for our wonderful guests here, is how did you get started in sim racing? Thank you, Hugh. Yeah, um, so I started, it was a while ago in GT Sport when I was at university. I did, I did engineering at university, always been into to motorsport and particularly the the design and stuff that goes into it so uh, i got gt sport because it was the the most accessible thing and i think we'd all seen super gt videos and things like that um and played at a very low level i wasn't very good and i found that really frustrating uh, and didn't really know where to go with that um i took a bit of a break while i was going through finals and things like that uh, exams and stuff uh, and then after uni i um were it's when covid hit mid mid march time um and lots of the engineering jobs were getting really tough to get into because uh, a lot of them were, were being taken down and things like that um and i applied for uh, a scriptwriter role at driver 61 and and i got that and started writing and as part of that i was in the office a lot with scott and scott would have eye racing on <laughs> uh, and so uh, we'd we'd play a lot at uh, at lunch times, uh, race each other. I would always lose, um, and it kind of escalated from there. And now sometimes I don't lose, <laughs> so it's it's really good. Um, essentially, I got hooked on i racing, and that changed the game for me. Um, it was racing with other people, making friends with people you'd never met, um, racing as part of endurance teams in twenty four hour races, twelve hour races, whatever. Um, that has meant that it upped the enjoyment level for me, and I, I kind of pushed really hard. Um, and and started to to gain some experience and you you gain some nous as as you as you learn to drive and not get punted by people and, and learn some racecraft and that sort of thing. Um, so it's kind of that as well as listening to to Scott's coaching. He would he, he's he's a very honest bloke. So whenever I was making rookie mistakes in the sim, uh, I would I would hear about it straight away. So that meant <laughs> I, I learned very quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because we watched some of Scott's videos, and I think it was was he driving a Caterham or maybe it was a Mazda, uh, but and it seemed incredibly, you know, it was it, he had some great video of onboard shots of this how lively these cars are when they race on tracks like Brands Hatch, and I suppose he's done it for real. So it's great to have somebody like that that can then teach yes. you exactly what you need to know. And for me, before that, it was I played 
mainly Gran Turismo Sport, but then I played with Assetto Corsa and obviously the, the physics are different. Everything feels mm-hmm. different. The way you, you deal with the weight of the car, all of that stuff was different. And then I tried ACC and that again was different. And so to me, it felt like it was like, well, uh, I felt like I was learning to play a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas with iRacing, having Scott say, this, this is actually really what it feels like, you know, uh-huh. bar, bar G-forces, like the yeah, physics yeah. of the tire, all of that nerdy stuff. He's like, mm. the car actually feels like this. And so yeah. having someone say that and then go, okay, I can drive this one quicker. It is in the back of your mind. Like, okay, this might be useful one day. Um, mm. Yeah. I think we all, we all, we all want to drive on tracks at some point. Yeah. That's what kind of why we're here, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And so learning skills that are transferable, that that again changed it because I was like, oh, hang on, I can I can really focus here, learn from a pro racing driver, and um, those skills might be useful one day. That that was really really cool. That's an interesting uh, thing you say about that because not everybody kind of gives that uh, um, that kind of confirmation of they would really like to race in real life, um, and or you know you want to transfer your skills. And I think for a lot of us, sim racing has been a huge breakthrough because it's allowed us to to not only have mm. fun but to learn uh, quite a bit through the racing and the games. And then when you go to a race day or a track day, um, it's amazing how much easier it feels. It just feels a bit more natural when you get on track. And so you start to think, well, actually, this is worth it. It's beginning yes. to, to start to pay. You know, it's starting to make things... You see yourself improve um, quite quickly, which is good. But, I know. Um, I, I went I went karting not long ago at uh, Daytona. They've got, like, D-Max karts, so they're, they're really quick. But... They they break all at the rear axle, and so that suit straight away. I was like, oh, it feels like an LMP2 in i racing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll drive it like that. And I took that driving style, and I was like, oh, hang on, this is actually working. It sort of it was really strange. But the only thing I didn't know was uh, who, who was where on the track, and yeah. I didn't have a delta. I found that really tough. I'm used to staring at delta when yeah, I'm driving, yeah. um, mm. and it was amazing how I used so much of the sim racing that okay, I'm, I'm overtaking a back marker. This is how I do that. I was doing all of that, but in, in a karting scene. Um, and so that that's really fun. Um, but yes, sim racing definitely has other benefits that most sport doesn't with it being cheaper and talking to your friends and all that sort of stuff. But um, I yeah. think I think we all secretly want to drive on a track at w- one day, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, the, the, the chat is building up with lots of questions. So I'll quickly start with one or two that we've got so far. Now, Paul Stanford, a big shout out to Paul. He's got a fantastic kind of entertainment shop down in the Midlands. Uh, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but you can give the details in the chat there. But uh, his first question is, what's your favourite track to race? What's my favourite track? Um, I, I have a, I have a couple of ex- different answers. Um, really favourite track, if I were to have to pick one, it would probably be Imola. I've had, I've had some really good results at Imola, um, yeah. and it's really flowing. There's loads of history... I would yeah. pick it over a lot of the Grand Prix tracks, I think. But I also, yeah. I have a soft spot for the Roval uh, in iRacing. If you haven't played iRacing, you probably have never seen it, but it's like a, um, it's it's an oval circuit with a with a road element in the middle and it's got camber, it's got walls, it's got um, like bankings, it's got tight chicanes. Like it's a real, real challenge. You have to be switched on and I, I enjoy that, so. Yeah. yeah, I have to say, Imola, I mean, and obviously I was a big Senna fan, so watching that mm. day back in 1994, it has, you know, a huge kind of uh, historical kind of impact of it. But do you like its current configuration or would you prefer the old Tamburello corner? Uh, to be honest, I've never raced the old <laughs> the old corner. Um, 
it, all the games I've played have had the, the current version. I need to find it. Mm. It's not on iRacing. I don't think it's on Gran Turismo, is it? Um, no, I, I don't I think, think any of... games have the old version. I think you can get some of the mods, I think, on a set of Corsa. Mm. I think possibly there. But I mean, obviously, it's been a long time since they did it. I mean, it was 1995, I think, wasn't it, when they did it, uh, when they changed it all. Um, but it's it's quite a thing. And I mean, I, I know people who have gone there and they said it's just an incredible history as you walk around the track. You kind of feel it come alive um, when you walk around these places. I think it's like Monza as well. Monza has that kind of feel to it. Um, yes. But, uh, I went to Spa not long ago and that it was like that too. You know, yeah. stood at the bottom of Eau Rouge, like <laughs> looking up at it. It was like, wow. Yeah. 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 No, that's fantastic. But, uh, now, your brother, Ewan, is, is here with us, I believe. Um, and he's, he's surprised. <laughs> he's saying, not the Montreal track. And he says, get out of here. But, uh, so, <laughs> but many, I like that too. <laughs> You know. <laughs> Ewan's favourite race of all time was Jensen Button 2011 I think it was one of my favourite Grand Prix ever and I think that, that's why he likes it so much Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic Now just to let everyone know in the chat we will get to the Driver 61 questions I know Lippy asked a question at the very start so we will get to those questions in a few minutes time um, but it's great to get Grand Prix history and Grand Prix um, chat and all of this coming out um, as well, which is which is fantastic. Now, a chap with a very good YouTube name called the the Dude Abides says, "Okay, so what's the best car you have driven in i racing against the best, the best... car in IRL?" You know, I'll put that up okay. There. The the best car in IRL is oh wow, you can pull. That's very clever. Um, the best car in IRL isn't very good actually. I'm trying to think what's what's the best car I've driven. I went, we got invited to a to a supercar experience day and I got to drive an R8 V10 and that was cool. Yeah. But if, if I could have my pick, I'd, I'd love to drive a Caterham at some point. I think they're really, really raw, really cool cars. I think I'd be next yeah. on my list. Um, it, in the sim, it's, I'm probably going to be really boring and say the LMP2 in iRacing. Mm. Um, it, it's so fluid and balanced but it's also got that it will bite you if you get it wrong. And yeah, I find yeah. that's the right combination of when you're, when you're on it, it feels like everything's flowing. Everything's like, you know, you, you're smashing it, whereas yeah. it will bite you. So you've got to be really attentive. Um, yeah. And I've done a few 24-hour races in that, and you, you get to love the cars you've done. You've, you've done a lot of races time. with. Yeah, you've given <laughs> a lot of laps. So um, I remember the, the first one I did was at Daytona, and I did about seven hours of driving. That's when I first got iRacing. Um, oh. And it was in the LMP2, and so it was the first car I really understood. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite. Like, I have to say, from my very literally a week and a half of i racing, um, the, I think the noise is very good, um, mm. and even the graphics are pretty decent. To be fair, um, I quite enjoy it, and the experience because it, you really have to concentrate. There's not some. I like the fact that you know, there's a lot of basic settings, so you know that you're not at a disadvantage uh, in terms of setting up the car to other drivers, which is quite nice. You can just go out there and try and do a good time. Uh, and then do the race. Um, so I, yes. I like I like that. I mean, obviously, I've done a few of the cars so far, uh, but it, it's been really entertaining. Um, and I've got some questions for you about that specifically that I'll ask a bit later on. <laughs> but um, we will go uh, to the questions here. Um, as uh, here we go. Now, also, Richie has said, "Well, this will be on a podcast. It will come out early next week. Um, we will get that out, um, so you'll be able to get it, and you can play it in your car again and again to get all the tips that Callum, I'm sure, will <laughs> give us uh, a wee bit later on." Now, here we are. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, now, your brother said the 2011 calendar race has to be the best race of all time. I might be biased, but I do love Jensen Button. Uh, yeah. 
That is true. That is a, he's a good chap, and now he's on Sky TV after time uh, giving lots of interviews and things. But um, so here we are. Um, <laughs> now uh, the do the bites is oh no sorry uh, it was saying uh, you don't like settings. I don't so yes I don't like setting up cars um, only because I, I'm. I don't have the time to get all the. I, I need to buy the setups. I think that would be probably an easier way if there's a way of doing that. How do you find with a more complicated series setting up a car on, on iRacing? Is it quite straightforward? That, that's the next thing on my list. I think to to get to improve from where I am now, I think the next thing needs to be playing with the car and making a setup for myself. But currently, I'm using VRS. You can pay for like one of these one of these um, services. Uh, and they give you, they make setups for you, but they tend to be some of them are more tuned towards the really great drivers who can control a thing that's an absolute weapon and wants to kill you, yeah. and some of them are <laughs> slower and a little softer. And so I've gone somewhere in the middle with with what I pick. But you kind of need to learn you need to learn who makes what type of setup, and that's kind of another one of those barriers with iRacing. There are lots of fixed races, which is brilliant, but on yeah. on the setup side of things, it does separate the really great drivers who understand it like a race car driver would and yeah. those who don't, and mm. some people see that as a good or a bad thing. I'm starting yeah. to see that more and more as a good thing because if you can get mm. good at that, then, then you do have an advantage, and quite rightly so, because you've learned to set up a car well, um, yeah. and that's what would happen in real life, so I'm you know, I'm, I'm starting to jump over the fence on, on my decision on that, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Once you've had enough experience of racing and iRacing and then you're ready to go and take it to the, the next level. Um, and it is good, but I think it's wonderful that you that if you just want to do the set the fixed ones, you've got a decent variety uh, of races yeah, to what's... do. And you can... Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt there. What was in, really interesting is I've been uh, been with Scott a couple of racetracks and he, he'll hop out after five laps go this needs changing, this needs changing, this needs changing and that I was like whoa how, how can you know that uh, and then we did a few laps in a Caterham 620R, absolutely rapid Caterham and I was in the yeah. passenger seat and, and after a few laps he got out and he said I think it's too soft at the rear, needs to tighter anti-roll bar etc etc and I was like I actually did pick up on those things, you start to sort of learn it and feel the car a little bit um, wow. but it's mega what they can pull out from from just the feeling in the car and how they change it. And I need to learn to do that in the sim, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I must imagine it must have been quite well, either either phenomenal fun or quite terrifying racing around <laughs> in a kitchen you know, <laughs> at the same time. Uh, because, I mean, when I've seen Scott's videos, he absolutely flies. Um, and those cars are really skittish as well, aren't they? So you're going to feel everything, every bump mm. and every bit of, as you go around a corner and a whole lot. So um, it must it be fantastic. Now, um, of course, we have got your YouTube channel in the description. So for everyone uh, watching or listening, if you've not already subscribed to Callum's channel, and please do so, um, it's there in the description. And if you haven't already subscribed to our channel up here, it would be great to have you along in our community. Plus, we've got our Discord as well. And Callum, do you have a Discord? Um, I don't. No, oh, I'm, I'm very uh, active on lots of the others. So Kirith's and Ollie's and th those sorts of places. So... Um, yeah. yeah, I'm contributing to other people's at the moment. That's fine. So people can get in touch with you um, if they want to race with you or ask any other questions. Sometimes that happens. You might get you might get somebody coming along saying, ah, I can I can race with you or something like that. Now, we'll go to Lippy Racing's question from a wee while ago. Uh, I said, what's it like uh, working for Driver 61 and what kind of effect has that had on your sim racing? Uh, so the first question then, what's it like working? It's brilliant fun. Um, it's 
intense. We work very hard. Um, Scott, Scott is very, he thinks very fast. I have to work hard to keep up with him. And that's, it's, it's means it's intense, but it's good fun. Um, we're, you know, growing the channel. That's been a real learning process. Uh, and um, starting this new channel, obviously, which is uh, Driven Media, if you haven't seen it, it's like automotive content. Um, and that's moving from Driver 61, which is all shot in a studio, to, to out and about driving cars on on a racetrack um, and, and doing things like that. So that's been a real learning process. But it, it's been really good fun. It's, it's nice and flexible. I work mostly remotely. Um, my sim is right there. Uh, <laughs> and so whenever we have a spare 20 minutes, we're, we're racing on the sim. Uh, and so that's really good fun. Um, and we've got a really good little team now. Uh, so we've got uh, editors and writers and, and all sorts as part of the team. Uh, so it's it's really exciting. And we've got lots of things in the pipe work that we're working on all the time. Um, mm. Today, I, I broke down every, this is, this is loads of graphs and things, but every lap, fastest lap from every Grand Prix in history and then we're pulling oh. some some cool information out of that. So, for me as a as a Formula One nerd, this is this is the coolest thing I could apply myself to. So, um, yeah. there's a, a video coming out on that next week. Yeah. Oh, that that sounds really good, actually. I loved it. I loved the video that Scott did on um, on Senna and his his technique for braking and why he was mm. so good. Um, and and it was because he was spectacular to watch. Um, and 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 also the, the qualifying laps that he did. They were they were insane. Um, and there's, Man, yeah. there's that famous one. I think is it in Portugal, or, what, or he's qualifying, and and he and he's just going flat out, and then he has to overtake a back marker who's right in the way, and he just manages to kind of go around him and keep going, and it doesn't even affect his lap time. Um, but it's like the car's right across the almost on the driving line, and he and he just keeps going past it. Um, but uh, and of course those legendary laps at Monaco um, that were just insane. How how just he was on a, a, it was something like. One and a half seconds quicker than Prost round Monaco yes. or something. I mean, you wonder how Pro Prost how... is no slouch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of, kind of incredible. Um, but then, of course, that brilliant race with Senna and Mansell uh, in '92, when they were they were split by next and nothing for the last few laps of that race. I, I remember Murray Walker went crazy um, as uh, as he was trying to commentate on that one. But um, but let's get back to the questions. Here we are now. The do the bites have said. How technical can settings on iRacing get? And does it go as far as wheel balancing and shock setups? Uh, wheel balancing, no. I think they, but a lot of the tyre pressure stuff, is it kind of takes over from that. Um, mm -hmm. Tyre pressures are really, really important. Um, shock settings, yes, you, you can play with all of that. Um, you, you can go as far as you like. I, I know lots of people who tune their wheelbase and tune their pedals and... Wow. Um, do all of that sort of stuff to, to get the absolute maximum out of it. T to be honest, I've, I've always found my strength isn't in, in flat out pace is in the mm. consistency stuff. And I, I've, I've found all of those things kind of just add to what you're thinking about when you're racing. And I find oh. stripping those back helps me on the long run. Um, mm. And that's kind of what I, what I enjoy is the endurance races. And, and those really, really aren't about fastest laps. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, because one slip up and you're 10 minutes and the whole lot is down the pan. So um, yeah. that it, it's more about the long run stuff. And so I, I stay away from really fine tuning. I will always go on the safer side of of where setups need to be. Um, 
slightly. You don't want to go too far and it's really slow. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got a great comment as well saying, Callum, are you working on a catchphrase for a much <laughs> for a merchandise purposes? He says he's just planning ahead for the Jimmy Broadbent levels of the channel that he's hoping to see. We haven't. No, I, I think those things need to come come naturally, don't they? And they did for <laughs> Jimmy. I imagine if he tried to sit down and think about it, I, I know maybe he can, but you couldn't think of a catchphrase as good as please no punterino or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, he also has a really strong like creed, like motto, you know, like the, the cars aren't real, but the racing is, that's like a really strong yeah, brand. Yeah. And I think that's really cool, but those things have to arrive naturally. And maybe, you know, we haven't jumped over that yet. Yeah. We've got ours for our channel is, of course, drive fast and try not to crash. And yes. It was kind of a phrase, you know, it was a phrase from Michael Schumacher originally, but we kind of, we, we slightly adjusted it because he was asked, I think, at the beginning of 97 or 98, whatever it was, um, you know, what's his motto for the year? What's his kind of, his thing? And he says, drive fast, don't crash, you know, and that was it. <laughs> so, you know, so that was the one. So I just altered it a bit, but yeah, it kind of suits, kind of suits our lot in sim racing as well. That, uh, yes. Although if you're in GT Sport, trying not to crash or being taken out um, is quite difficult sometimes. Sometimes but, not in your hands, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, um, so, yeah. Now, we've got a question here from Richie. Um, he's saying, if money was no object, what kind of car would you drive? I was talking about this. I was streaming just before this, actually. We, we did some fun races on iRacing. And we were talking about this because there's a new Porsche in the game. And mm. um, I absolutely love all Porsches. Apart from the SUVs, I have a hatred of SUVs. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I was I was chatting to Scott about this. We have some really cool cars on the Driven Media channel, and he's like, "Would you want one of these? You know, would you pay yeah. this if you had this money?" Um, and if someone gave me a million pounds to to buy a car, and I didn't get the change from it, I would still buy a, a nine nine two, so the current version nine eleven turbo, mm -hmm. I turbo S maybe. Um, but the the new nine elevens to me look really really cool. And yeah. they are verging on hypercar fast with a lot of those, you know, with a lot of the, the oh, new, yeah. new supercars. So I think that that for me is all the car you could ever want. Yeah. yeah I think they, they look really cool at the back, don't they, with the new lights. They do. Mm. It's, uh, they, they have certainly... I've, I've not been a Porsche fan, to be honest, that much, but with the new one, I have to say they've gotten a lot more... Uh, I, I, I liked, what was the one of the... Not the case, not the... Uh, the Cayman. I, I yes. do quite like the Cayman. Um, and they, they did a GT version of that, didn't they? A kind of, or I think a sport version of that. And I thought that's quite nice because it's quite well priced. Around about, yes. at the time, it was about 50,000 or 55,000 or something. Um, and I thought, actually, um, and there were some amazing pre-reg cars available with huge amounts of money off, uh, which is rare for a supercar like that or something, you know, a decent sports car. Um, but I like I like the look of it. I love the, the back of it. It reminds me of a Grand Prix car or a racing car. And to be yes, we have one of those on, on the Driven Media channel. Uh, it was like a red... 718 came and, and that was really cool. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, the, the, one of my favourite cars, I think the car I would love to have a go in if I can, I don't think you could buy them, um, but it's the, the Ferrari Enzo FXX. Um, yes. And I, I, we actually thought it was a Formula One car because uh, we were at Goodwood one year and we heard this incredible noise and I thought, oh, maybe it's like a, a 1996 Ferrari V12 or, or 95 carbon under V12s because the sound was so incredible. And we ran to the start finish. And by the time we got there, we could just see over the bales. And it was the FXX Enzo um, hearing along the road. Um, and just uh, and it did a huge burnout at the start. Um, and it was yeah. just uh, the, the sound of that to me 
it's the most incredible. They made like twenty five of them, didn't they? And yeah, you know, and they do race them, or they they do track days and different, and normally different Italian circuits. You can watch them on YouTube um, as they do these incredible. But the noise was just incredible. And like those F one cars, the Ferraris from ninety three and ninety four, it was almost like a it kind of sang as it was mm. it did about eighteen or seventeen eighteen thousand RPM and this incredible uh, kind of way. I, I do miss. Those engines. What, what do you think in terms of like the the V8, um, the new V6 hybrids uh, versus the old uh, V8s? Are you a bit of a fan of the new ones, or what do you prefer? So I've 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 been watching F1 for for a long time now, but sort of in and out. Uh, and so yeah. I I never really saw the stark change to them. I I don't see. I like to not moan about these things. I enjoy racing yeah. really yeah. and the cars. Yeah. And I think mm. actually the the engineering that goes into these new ones is as impressive, if not more, oh, yeah, than yeah, the high revving yeah. V8s, V12, V10s. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of slightly over the noise because they're more of a thing. You know, uh, you're in awe of them, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. amazing. Um, but I've been with Scott a couple of times when he's driven V10 Formula One cars, and they yeah. are another level. They're, the way they sound yeah. is incredible. And also yeah. the way they, they're much lighter and narrower, and they move around yeah. a lot. So I've seen lots of onboards, and you know, you're all over the place. You're all over the place with it. Whereas yeah. current F1 is sort of turn in, unwind the steering wheel, turn in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas they're all over the place in, in the old ones, and that's really cool to see. Yeah. Ah, because that's right. Because they had Alonso's car um, in Dubai last year, wasn't it? At, uh, or at, um, uh, at Abu, Dhabi. Uh, Abu Dhabi, yeah. And that, and everybody stopped, even Lewis Hamilton, when he was getting interviewed, uh, when the car went past, wasn't it? And it was, uh, it, it, it was fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think the noise makes quite a bit. But to be fair, the new cars are a bit noisier than they were, and I think, as you say, that they look incredible, um, and they are just so fast, and it's, and they can be driven in exceptional circumstances, even at Spa. Um, it was it was quite a thing, but the fact they could get round the track that was flooded to anything uh, is uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, I, I've but, seen I've seen Spa when it's like that. Uh, Scott went for a, a revolution race, and it got red flagged. Actually, I think Scott didn't pit. He stayed out on slicks and trundled behind the safety car. Couldn't keep up with it at times, and everyone else pitted, so he, he won the race. Um, but down O Rouge, there was you get a river like down the pit lane that's there. You know, there's water flooding mm. down. It pulls at the bottom. There's a couple of drainage points there. But if they're not on it, then you, you get lots of water. Um, and when it rains there, it really, really rains. Um, so it was amazing to see those qualifying laps, you know, another yeah. level. Oh, absolutely. Now, here's a good question uh, from Richie. As an F1 fan, what's your best older driver and also your current uh, favourite from the, uh, the current generation? Um, older driver... Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. I watched lots of historic races of him in McLaren and things like that. Uh, and I, I just like his approach. You know, he's there for the racing yeah. and nothing else. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's really cool. Current, uh, I'm going to sound like a hype, you know, on the hype train now, but George Russell, I've, I've liked him for a long time. I think he's a really cool guy and he's, mm -hmm. he's done F1 right. Um, yeah. Lando has too. But I just, I just like George. I think he's cool, and he's he's been fighting for a team down the back, and I think it's it's right where he is now. Yeah, yeah. I saw a really good interview with him yesterday, um, and he was almost in tears when he was saying just how, how much um, finishing second meant to him uh, when he was in this interview because you know it's three and a half years of very hard work 
at Williams. And you could really tell that he meant it because he's obviously been through a really hard time and, and he's outperformed the car by a long always, way on many occasions, always, you know. Yeah. And I think that shows the sign of a really good driver um, when they're able to, to really level up and, and get the car to do things that, that, they, that they weren't anywhere near expecting. Um, but I think it's, it, it shows he's really got he's 100% into the job and, and he's obviously won previous categories as well. So it was great to see him get up there. I think it's going to be brilliant that he's uh, Lewis's teammate next year. I think he's really going to push Lewis a lot. And, and uh, it was so unfortunate that he didn't win in, when he had that chance last year because uh, he was so close that everything went wrong that could have gone wrong. Uh, none of it really being his fault. I mean, he, he schooled Bottas, didn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. He, he was quicker in every level. Well, he wasn't in quality, but that's kind of understandable. That That's the fine margins. But, lo- you know, long stint pace, he was quicker. And then he overtook mm. him the way he did. And yeah, I, I yeah. you know, you could see there was something right there. Yeah. 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 It's great for Britain, too, that we've, we've actually, we keep producing uh, good racing drivers that keeps us, the British fans, happy and the Silverstone crowds. Um, full to the brim, isn't it? When you when you go and watch the Grand Prix from there, but uh, but there totally. we go. Uh, now, what's been quite funny is that um, uh, Jerry NCF one has said it's scary that Callum says that Kimmy is historic because Jerry must be a little bit older, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Dubai that says Graham Hill was an epic legend, and Lando mm. Norris is my prediction for a 2023 World Champion. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting if McLaren can. Can get faster. They're still a wee bit away though at the moment, I think. But uh, but they might potentially get a bit faster. Mm. I know he's uh, quick on eye racing. So. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, I do like him. I do. I, I think he's a lot of fun, uh, which is which is good. Uh, now we've got a question here. If you could race any era, what would you choose? Uh, for example, comparing nineteen seventies Monaco to modern, which is more exciting? Any era of Formula One. Um... Or any era of racing. <laughs> like, if I could pick any era of racing, it would be the, like, uh, the 917 era at Le Mans. Mm-hmm. I think that's mental, that those guys were mental. Formula One, um, probably somewhere in the 90s. Uh, I, I know those cars are just awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure where. Probably, Schum- if, if I could plot myself in Schumacher's Benetton yeah. uh, around yeah. there, I think right. that, that would be really cool. Um, but so would racing now, you know, those machines are, are mental. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, the, the one Grand Prix I've seen live was Senna winning at Donington in 1993. Really? And, you picked yeah, a good one? <laughs> oh, it was, an, it was, I was 18, my 18th birthday, just a, a few weeks before it. And it was just the most incredible experience because it was wet and dry and all the build up. Uh, it just absolutely phenomenal, and I remember because the, the cars went through, and even on the on the warm up lap, you had your hands to your ears. It was it was that loud, as because we were quite close to the, the kind of Donington loop at the back, um, and then and then when they got into the grid, you just heard the the, the revs rise, and then it just dropped because at that point it was just red and green, and off they went, um, and just astonishing um, how yeah. it all worked. And I mean, they ran out of, of tires. I think Prost had to go back in and, and take on a set of old tyres that he'd worn before. Because really? He, yeah, it was incredible, the amount of, of, uh, of stuff they did. You know. And they, at that time as well, they came into the pits at full speed. So, you know, it was madness as they used to take off. And there's still you know, people doing uh, pit stops and Senna's hearing on out of the pits at 100 miles an hour right past them. But uh, it, it was an incredible, incredible experience. We saw Schumacher go right off, right in front of us into the sand trap. 
Um, and uh, and we saw Senna emerge on the first lap ahead of Prost coming out of the, the second last hairpin, uh, kind of coming up over the hill before right. they go into the last corner. Um, and I mean, he was second by the time he went past us. And when, when he was at the first corner, he was seventh. And we heard all this, you know, on the radio as, as they go around. And he just said, my goodness, what's happened? And he just, then he just drove away. Um, but uh, but and at that time as well, you had traction control and you could see them every every time they changed gear. The, the move, it would go like that. You know, you'd feel that you could see everything that was going on. And it was just the most astonishing um, performance, you know. But, uh, but yeah, that was the one. Have you been to a few uh, Grand Prix? I haven't, no. Um, I've been to not actually that much racing. I, we, when we were at Spa, we saw WEC, uh, the six hours mm -hmm. of Spa 2020. And that was oh, really wow. cool. Oh, um, uh, again, those Porsches were mental. They sounded insane. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and the Toyotas as well, the way they're just like, shoom, like they were really quiet <laughs> and absolutely flying by. Um, but no, I haven't been to see Formula One yet. I need to at some point. Um, and I definitely want to go see Le Mans and Nürburgring 24 next year. That's on my list for next year, um, is, is driving up to go and see, see those. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Now, here's a, here's a, a good question for you. Um, for the, from the Dude Abides, it says, Am I the only one when doing a sim race? that you have an internal monologue of Murray Walker. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I always, I always like that one in Japan when you finish a race at Suzuka. And I, and I always joke and say, I've got to stop because I've got a lump in my throat. And that yes. was it because that's when Hill uh, took his championship. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's great. So keep the questions coming in for Callum. But, uh, but now I'm going to ask you the thing that, uh, that I always do for you fast drivers out there. Uh, what are the big tips that you can give us for driving faster? Okay, uh, it depends where you're at, but I think focus on braking first. So mm -hmm. the, the thing that, I've, that I learned was going from Gran Turismo Sport, which is sort of very <laughs> flat out, stop as hard as you can, turn in the corner, do the same again. Um, mm. it's, it's a lot about understanding how the platform of the car is. So mm. weight transfer. Uh, and if you can get that right, you have a faster car. So if your car isn't always up on the nose when you're braking, if you're turning, you're not, you know, um, manipulating the weight differently, then the car will be easier. The car will be faster. And it's, it's where people say, you know, when you look at someone really, really good, they're really smooth. It looks effortless. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're manipulating mm. the the weight of the car so that the car is actually faster than yours. And yeah. the way to do that is to, to think about braking first. So if you can watch, there's loads of driver 61 videos and trail braking, but understanding that braking isn't just to slow down it's to balance the car on the way into the corner. And that's where you get all of your pace. So if you can come off the brakes really lightly, feel that slight slip. If you can feel like a very slight oversteer, just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, I remember I was in the sim with Scott and the first time we did that, he's like, right, that, that, that feeling. Remember that, because that's what it feels like to be fast and try and wow. do that every corner. So manipulate the, manipulate the weight on the way into the corner, get the car settled. Remember, there's probably more grip than you think there is. Um, and then that will get you a long way up in lap times. I know uh, that gained me seconds in Gran Turismo Sport, understanding that principle. And then wow. the same again in iRacing. Because um, I, th I think it's so easy to break very late in GT Sport and then for probably in most games because some corners kind of draw you in 
and then you suddenly realize, mm. oh, I've gone way too wide and I missed the apex, or or the car is kind of struggling to to accelerate out. So I suppose when you get your braking apps right and the car turns in a bit better, then you can be on the power earlier and, and get a good run out of the corner. One thing I would say as well is that a lot of I would if you can, if if you're if you're not if you're in the early stages, not very much experience. I would encourage you to turn off the racing lines and the cones in Gran Turismo and all of those. I know lots of people use them, but I find that gets you very channeled to, to one line, to one braking point, to not fully understanding what the car is doing. Um, yeah. So if you can learn to drive a track, you know, take five laps before you do, you, you get in any race. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of a golden rule is for me is like at least five laps before I enter any race. And that means you've got enough time to pick up the breaking points, understand the flow, feel the different lines. Um, and I feel you don't get that when you've got the racing line on. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I would say, take, take the crutch away. Do loads and loads <laughs> of practice and you will come out on top. And it means that if you do learn a new track, you learn it so much quicker and you yeah. can get up to pace so much quicker because you're not thinking about, oh, I break at this point where it goes red. You know, you're understanding yeah. what the car can do and how to apply that to a different track. Yeah, yeah. Now that's that's really good, and it? and it is because there's so many things to try and learn, and your steering input and braking, as you say, and and then accelerating out. So no, it's great to know your tips um, to help <laughs> people get getting faster and faster. I, mean, I have to say that the first time I I did a race on iRacing, I think it was at the Oran South Circuit or something, Mount Oran. Oran Park. Was. Wow. Oran okay. Park. That's what it was. And that's I had no a idea. Track. I had no idea what I was doing, and and I, it was in the afternoon. And I drove out, and I couldn't even see how to get out of the pit lane because there were so many cones in the little Mazda MX-5. And I, so I drove straight on, thinking, "Oh, it looks like it's going straight," and ended up on some other part of the circuit with a dead end. <laughs> then I got told I was black flagged because I made a dangerous exit out of the pits, and I didn't even know where I was because <laughs> I'd never been around the circuit before. And I, and I looked at them, "Where on earth is the pits?" Um, and uh, how, do, how do you get out? Then I, I came out of the pit lane and I turned sharp left. And then I got a black flag for that because that wasn't the right way. And eventually I saw somebody else going over and they, they went halfway along and they turned. But it was so kind of crazy. So now the only aid I have is the pit lane exit. So at least I can find out how to get out the pits so I can yes. get on the track. You know, Because sometimes there's not a lot of um, kind of guidance. You know, In real life, you'd expect a few arrows here and there or a sign saying, that way you know mm. it was so what's been your biggest ever kind of kind of like new mistake from a like a beginner's mistake on iRacing I there's been several times I've got in cars and I, I can't string two corners together without spinning those are probably the, the ones um that you know that happens a lot when you jump in a new car as a beginner and like particularly you were saying earlier but before we went live about the, the indie car you know that thing is an absolute mm. weapon yeah. Um, and try to control that is so much power and on cold tires it has zero grip less than a road yeah. car like yeah. you you controlling something that's got 700 horsepower with with no grip so um yeah th there's been lots of those moments yeah yeah i that delara kind of racing car was quite strange because when you got up to like fourth fifth and sixth it almost seemed like the gear ratios were identical because it didn't seem to they hardly give you that you were probably speed. on an oval setup so ah, yeah, fifth and sixth in an oval. Sixth is for quali when the engine's turned up and when you're in the slip. Uh, and fifth is like 800 revs different. It's not very much. And that's ah, where yeah. you get max power when you're on your own. 
Um, yeah. That was most likely why. But it's all these little things you've got to learn with with iRacing. You know, they, they, they don't help you very much. Yeah, they um, do nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it was hilarious. Eventually, I got out. I thought, how on earth do I do it? So I actually made it through qualifying and was able to get actually out onto the circuit and do a few laps. Um, but uh, but no, there, there's some, uh, it's, it's absolutely great fun. And Loopy Racing has said that Oran Park is his local track in iRacing. Australia, Australia, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, uh, and, it's uh, a car park and... now. <laughs> it's not there anymore. They got rid of it. Did they? Oh, yeah, a real yeah. shame because it's, it's a cool track. It's really cool. Yeah, because I wasn't sure. I mean, because I'm so new to iRacing. Uh, do they have tracks that are kind of made up or is it all tracks that are kind of real? So it's having all laser scanned real tracks, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good going. But, um, now, we've also got uh, a question here, another good one, about immersion uh, rigs, here we are, uh, from the Duda Bites. I'll put this one up here. Um, I've seen a hydraulic mounted sim set up recently at a friend's place. It's going a bit far, in my view, but would you guys ever want to go for that immersion level? Um, I've, I was very lucky to go on uh, a sim at Cranfield University, uh, Cranfield Simulation, they're called. Um, and that is, if you imagine you plucked the, safe, the safety cell out of a Formula One car and mounted uh -huh. that on on your and hydraulic rigs. Um, mm. They've also got some mad stuff where the seat around you and the belts and things like that all have inflatable bags in. All right, yeah, um, yeah. And then a full 180 degree thing. And that was absolutely ridiculous because you were driving through Spa and obviously I got in the car, it was in Assetto Corsa was the sim they were using, but with this mad rig. Um, yeah. And turned it into Eau Rouge. And the whole thing that like the, the seat moved inside the tub, it squeezes you, pushes you like like you're under G. And it was yes. it was an, another level. Um yeah. I know they're about 180 grand to buy. Um yeah. <laughs> but that that was awesome. For me, uh, like if you're going for raw pace, I think those those levels of immersion, I find personally VR slows me down. And I think hydraulic mm. uh, like hydraulic motion sim would do the same. So I yeah, static yeah. sim, single screen, um, yeah. and that's kind of where I think it's at for, for normal sim racing. And that means, you know, if you've got a TV and a, and a, a cheap yeah. wheel, you, yeah. you're at the same level. Um, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, because I know that Raceroom, they've, they've launched a motion rig. I can't remember how much. It was about five or six thousand pounds. Or maybe something or a wee bit more. Uh, but for the whole thing, it was actually pretty decent. Uh, from mm. what you get but I, I do i think i, I have played i played on a vr uh, uh, rig quite recently but as as good fun as it was it was using project cars 2 um as the actual set of the game and i was racing at knock hill on a formula ford and it was it was great fun but i'm not sure if it was as good um as it's made up to be you know i i, I think i quite like just having a standard setup and then just playing with that um i'd that agree with you there i think yeah, yeah, I, and some people sometimes feel a bit sick as well after that. I'm not, but uh, but I think it's because it, it's you're adjusting to the two different things, and your body's not moving when you're seeing the car moving. So it's kind of because it's all around you. But uh, but yeah, but it's it's interesting to see where they'll take it. But so far, I don't think it's been the big hit that they thought it might be. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair enough. I think yeah. Uh, at, uh, now, uh, here we are. Uh, I think we are back on rigs. And it says, the Dudabides, I just paid £500 for my Mini. It's going to cost a few quid to put it back into good condition, but the price was right. So you must be buying 
or little cars to maybe potentially perhaps to race or to or to put it on the road. Um, or was that a rig? It's uh, we'll have, we'll have to imagine see. you could have a mini rig. You could have it like in <laughs> in the garage or something, <laughs> and like retrofit or like the wheel and the pedals. I've I've seen a guy on TikTok. He's got that. He's got a like a. I think it's basically the entire interior of a Ford Focus, and he's mounted oh, yeah. like a Thrustmaster wheel in there with the Focus wheel on it. Wow. Uh, um, nah. he's, he's gone a long way and that looks pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's amazing what people uh, are creating now and, and the kind of tech that you can get uh, which is which which is amazing and uh, now there's a question here for you what's the worst racing game and also um, the oldest game and where you started um i started on grand turismo sport which isn't a, a bad game it's you could argue it's old but in the grand scheme of things it's not um the worst racing game the old, actually, no, the oldest game is probably Need for Speed Underground 2, which is like free roam. You mod mod out a Corsa or something and drive it around, and that was lots of fun. Um, worst racing game, I, I really dislike Mario Kart. I know I'm very, yeah. unpo- yeah, that's an unpopular <laughs> opinion, but I, I really dislike that. Uh, so I'd probably say, say Mario I, Kart. I, I agree with you. I, I, I played it. My, my kids have got a Wii old Nintendo Wii and they rave about Mario Kart and I tried to play it and I was hopeless. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think when you like proper racing games, it needs to be a proper racing game and not something in between. Um, when but, you're, uh, you're winning, you've got a 40 second gap and a flipping blue shell comes along. <laughs> you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have this in Formula One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse if you're ahead and then they, they have that setting on on GT Sport where it, it catches up. So you can never actually get ahead, and you and you're they're always catching you uh, very easily, which is a bit of a pain. But um, but I, I think I suppose because a lot of us have, have played games like from uh, PlayStation One onwards, so like the F One games and other things. Mm. Were there any other uh, in terms of is there a particular game perhaps that's coming out in the near future that you think would be worth a shot? Um, I want to try the Horizon games. Have you ever played the Forza Horizon? I've uh, not. I'm then... not on Xbox, but. Yeah, it's on PC if you're on PC now. Oh, I always um, So I'm excited to try that because I it kind of takes me back to Need for Speed Underground 2 days, and I think that'll be fun. Yeah. It'll also be fun when you can have it on a rig. I've never done that before. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But then uh, probably in the next Gran Turismo game I'm ex- most excited for, whatever mm. that ends up being. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's where I started it. I, it's loads of fun. It's the easiest way to get into racing. And... It's it's the only platform I think now that you can sit down and join a race and there'll be good racing like immediately. Yeah. Um, mm. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think I think that for also I think I have a lot of the old tracks back in GT7, so that that should be quite good fun. Yes, um, it'll be interesting to see. And plus the new cars, more racing, and 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 yeah, it's going to be. I mean, they've got such a huge scope of what they can do. So hopefully. Uh, you're never going to please everybody, but I'm sure it will get to a point if they can please enough. I mean, I, I think it will it will probably do record sales because people have been in anticipation for it for so long. Totally, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I always just remember doing the F1 version that they had, and you know, like at Monaco, 78 laps, uh, and you had to change your tyres every five laps, which was a pain in the rear for having to come in all the time. Uh, but it was still good. Hopefully, they'll get a few more tracks in the new one. That would be that would be quite good. But uh, I'll quickly go and put look at the questions here for for you. Let's see. That, uh, oh, somebody's put one of their favourite games was a game called Pole Position. 
And that's showing his age. That's from Rue Marr. That was an old one. But uh, it was always a thing. I remember as well uh, some of the old F1 games. Have you ever played any of the F1 games? Uh, I I played F1 2019 at university. That was lots of fun on my on my PlayStation. Um, I only ever played the career modes because I thought that was where the fun was. I I really enjoyed the career modes on on Formula One. Um, I was given F1 2020 pre-release. I wrote a review about that actually. That was good uh-huh. fun. Um, yeah. And then. I haven't got 2021. I got so mm. sucked into iRacing. I find that I it could absorb so many hours that I I don't tend to play with much much at the yeah. moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially like with racing with Basic Ollie and Kirith and whatever. Mm. Particularly with Basic Ollie um, in the 24 hours, he's he's got such a good team that I need to put yeah. hours in in the week to be to be on par. Like yeah. like. 10, 15, 20 hours of practice before a 24-hour race um, to, to be on pace. And so that's, it hoovers up time. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in terms of your channel, where would you like to see it uh, grow and what would you like to kind of, what's your kind of plans for the channel? You've got, that's a really interesting question, Hugh. I, I really don't know. Um, for me, the channel is, I, obviously, I spend my entire day planning content and doing thumbnails and writing scripts and doing all this YouTube stuff, like looking at really nerdy analytics, all of that stuff all day, that I, I could do that on my channel, but I don't want to. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of why I'm I'm settling for, uh, I'm not gonna mess around with thumbnails too much, and I'm just mm. gonna stream when I feel like it and upload when I have a fun race. Um, yeah, and yeah. so for me, it's it's about the, that I can share content, share it with everyone else, but for ten percent more effort, rather than turning into something that I, I pump out, you know, three videos yeah. a week and, and really push yeah. hard on it because I, I don't think that's, I, I would lose the fun side of it for that. So yeah. that's yeah. really what I want my channel to be is is something that's fun uh, that I enjoy doing where I can share w- what I'm up to, um, and th- that's kind of what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you'll see the, the content is just what's come out of my brain um and yeah i'm really enjoying it yeah yeah fantastic well as we're we're nearly on we're on 50 minutes there into the show and uh i'll i'll uh, look at some of the, the closing questions but from pig and Ant, he says what development uh, do you hope will happen in sim racing what development um proper wet models like mm-hmm. no what people would argue acc fans would argue they've they've, they've done it i I would disagree. Um, proper wet racing um, with dynamic rain, with proper wet lines, with spray modelled correctly, all of that sort of stuff. Imagine you doing a 24-hour race and yeah, yeah. in the middle of the night it rains and you've got to adapt really quickly. Um, mm. that, that sort of stuff would be really cool. But for me, it's a great spot right now. Um, and I would like to see the, the multi-class and the team endurance events come to something that isn't iRacing because that's where the fun is for me is sharing it with friends, being part of a team, spending the week talking about setups and playing with liveries and um, teaching each other racing lines and and finding where you're quicker than someone else and sharing that. All of that sort of team aspect is, is where the fun is for me in sim racing. So I would like to see that to come to Gran Turismo Sport or Formula One or something like that. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's where the enjoyment, you know, really, really increases. So, 
Yeah. And uh, what's your next 24 hour charity race? You can plug as much as you like on this show. <laughs> I, I actually don't know because we're in the middle of, you know, we're between seasons in our racing. Um, mm. So I'll definitely do a Daytona, which is November. It's a while away. Um, but other than that, I'd like to do a lot of the six hour and the 2.4 hour races, which are coming up. So I know there's um, 2.4 hours of Le Mans soon. Um, and there's a couple of fun tracks like Hockenheim for, for six mm. hours, which I think will be really fun. Um, yeah. But I need to talk to Kirith and, and people about that and see what's see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to have a quick word with Kirith and, and uh, Ollie because it'd be great to have them back on the show as well. And we had them um, uh, at Christmas time with Rory, uh, which was great fun. And also we had, we had Ollie on uh, before that when he, when he was just only on about 2,000 subscribers at the time. Um, and now his, his channel has, has rocketed off um, in the last year, which has always been always been great fun. But um, but yeah, so I, I was going to say in, in, in closing, what kind of message would you like to say to the community that's been following you so far? What would you like to say to them? Um, what would I like to say to the community? Uh, I don't know. That's a really tough question, Hugh. <laughs> that's that's a really a really tough one to I've end up. Got you. Got you um, on that one. <laughs> I I would say it's been really I. Discord is is a great place to talk to people, and a lot of the the sim racing guys like Kirith and like Basically and Jimmy to an extent, and a few of the others, um, Rory, have got really really great communities that are willing to share and have fun and um, like really join together that I've never seen in a way like 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 in sim racing. Um, mm. I've never experienced that in in any other games or or you know aside from sort of local clubs i've never yeah. seen it like that and so that's been really encouraging and i would say keep doing that it's why i'm quite active in a lot of those places um mm. and i i think if you're looking to get into sim racing or aren't enjoying it i would say connect up with one of these communities because because that would change um yeah. and yeah. it's it's definitely the way to do it is surrounded by the people that enjoy what you what you do um because mm. i find with sim racing i don't know many people in real life from around where i live that do this yeah. But on the internet, you know, there, there's everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic. Now, the dude of Pines has said, eh, Hugh, I almost stumped him. That was the first <laughs> column stuck for words. And then, <laughs> I always said it's supposed to be an easy interview. We don't leave big gaps here in this show. Uh, but, uh, but no, it's been, it's been fantastic fun. But uh, so now just to let everyone know who's watching just now, next week we've got the Key 25. That's right, Kieran is going to be on the show. Um, and on the 23rd, we have Matt Foster. And on the 30th, we have Zavisic all the way from Slovenia. Um, so that should be great fun. And on the 7th of October, we've got Dave Cam. And then after that, we'll have some more exciting guests. What a lineup. <laughs> yes, it's been a big lineup. And we're hoping to get Rory on again as well, and a few others, and hopefully Super GT. And I've been trying to get on to, to Jimmy. I've got a uh, few to his secretary. And he keep, they keep saying, yeah, come back to me, or come back to me. But hopefully we'll get Jimmy on because um, that would be great fun. I've, I've never interviewed him before, uh, but watched a lot of his shows. So it should be it should be good. But um, but yeah, but we wish you all the best for your channel um, and for your racing and sim racing. You're a lovely guy and it's great to see your enthusiasm for sim racing. And you're in a unique position there with, with Driver 61 uh, to get all that, that kind of key insight on, on how to be the best 
racing driver and sim racer, which is fantastic. I'm doing my best to share it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So please stay on the line just now. And uh, but to everybody watching, thank you very much for your support tonight in the chat um, and for watching or listening on the podcast. As I say, it'll be out in a few days' time as well. But you've been watching the Car Sim and Race Driver Show with our crazy motto: It is drive fast and try not to crash. And if you do, you might just win the race at the first corner. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye just now.